Well, good morning. That was a powerful and beautiful word right there that we just received. I think we could all just go home now and we've been edified. Amen. You know, I just, again, always, it's just awesome to see the, the strength of the people that God has positioned here in our church with us. And it's just a constant reminder when you see people so filled and full of passion and the fire of God, like what Devon just was and so many others that we see around here. It's just a reminder in front of us of what God is wanting to do in this place and through this church. Amen. I see that. I hope you see that too. Hey, one thing that uh, I forgot to have Devon mention, but in terms of announcements, uh, he mentioned the men's breakfast that's coming up this next Saturday, that lumberjack breakfast. But we also are going to begin our second session of men's fraternity, not this coming week, but the following week. Actually, Mary, if you could maybe put that slide up real fast for the men's fraternity so that everybody can see that. If you have any questions uh, or you want to get more information about that, Ryan Tomlinson, he's in the back right there. Just raise your hand. You can go talk to him. He leads that ministry. Uh, it's a powerful time that men have been uh, meeting on a weekly basis. We actually met all through the spring for a number of weeks, and we took a break through the summer, so we're picking back up, and I wanted to make sure you have that information. We'll probably say something again next Sunday, but just to give you a heads up that it's coming, not this week, but the following. So I want to just give you uh, a quick update on my wife, Katie, and our new baby, our fifth little girl. They are doing uh, just fantastic and wonderful. She sends her love and uh, she misses all of you guys so much. She can't wait to get back here. The little one is uh, having a little trouble sleeping through the night right now. So if you could maybe just pray for that. She's uh, getting her rest through the day, not through the evening. So we're fixing to, to remedy that here soon, hopefully. Uh, not as easy as it sounds, though, as many of you know. But they're doing, they're doing great, you know. And it's been really cool for me as a dad to have this opportunity while Katie's you know, really engaged with the new baby, um, to spend time with our other four, just me and the four of them together, which we've always made it a point to do those things with our kids, spend individual quality time and each of us to do that. But, uh, you know, it's just been neat to see the interaction with them and observe that whenever I'm around. But I got to tell you, it's not always easy either when you have four of these little ones when you go places running around and doing things. You ever like pick up a rock or pick up a board sometimes and you see like these bugs just go flying everywhere? Sometimes I feel like that's what my life looks like whenever I'm getting out of my car in a parking lot or something. In fact, it's interesting like when I would go places, maybe not the best analogy, but it's the best thing I could think of. They're just everywhere. You know, they're running in multiple directions and zigzagging and everything else. And, but, you know, one of the places that is always uh, very much kind of an awareness for me is whenever I have all four of the kids and we get out of the car and we're in a parking lot headed into a store or something like that, you know, because, of course, cars are zipping by in parking lots. Not everybody's always paying attention. And you can't hold all four kids at the same time. So you have to kind of like set a boundary, a, a rule, a, a proximity line, if you will, so they understand how far away they can get from you and still be safe versus whenever they begin to become in danger, you know. And for a while, going places with them and doing this, the only thing that helped them understand where that limitation was was the voice of dad, you know. Hey, 
get back here, you're getting too far. You know, that constant reminder, that, uh, that voice, that chastisement, if you will, that let them know, hey, you're getting into a place where I can no longer protect you. And they didn't fully comprehend what all of that meant, but they did understand eventually as time went on, if they got so far that they were going to hear dad's voice and that they were going to, you know, they knew that they were getting beyond that area that I would allow them to go and still be able to protect them. But now they're kind of getting to the point where they understand more of what it means to get beyond that area on their own. It's funny, like, I don't always have to say something anymore. We'll get out in the parking lot, and, you know, they've got a little bit of room to, to get away from me, but not too far. But if they start to get past a point, you know, it's funny, I'll watch them. And if they get so far, it's like all of a sudden they kind of look around, they'll freeze, and they'll run back to me. Or if we're walking you know, through the aisles in a store and I keep walking, I tell them to come, they don't come, and I just keep going, but I'm paying attention. And then all of a sudden, if I'm out of sight, they start running back for me, you know, yelling through the store, Dad, and everything. And I got to tell you, that's not necessarily a bad thing in my mind because they're starting to understand that getting... Uh, what it means to be outside of that proximity or that area of protection that their father can provide for them. Once they get to a certain point, they get to a certain distance from me, it doesn't matter how bad I want to try to stop something from happening, I can't do it if they're too far away. And God spoke to me recently, because this, you know, this is something I've been watching for, for months, years now, but God spoke to me recently on this, and he said, this is a really good picture of the fear of the Lord. This is a really good understanding for you to take in of what it means to have a, a, a heavenly fear of God. And the Bible talks a lot about that, and that's really where, where I want to speak on today. I felt like God was really compelling me to talk about this. And so I've been immersed in, in just studying about this topic and this subject over the last week or two. And it's really interesting to me how many different viewpoints there actually are about the fear of the Lord within the church um, on extreme sides. For example, there are some people that would say the fear of the Lord, that if we really have the fear of the Lord, that we should be just terrified and scared all the time of anything that would happen to us if we were to sin or make any kind of mistakes or do anything against God. It's almost like living in this constant state of fear like God is this ultimate punisher and anytime we make a mistake, he's gonna come down and he's gonna set some punishment in order that's due to us. And so there's people that believe that that's how you should walk and live your life because that fear keeps you from sinning. And I would say that's on an extreme side. There's the other side that people would argue that the fear of the Lord isn't something that we should even really uh, uh, have today that yeah it was there in the old testament but now you know jesus came and jesus is love so love is with us so you know we don't really have to be afraid we don't have to fear and if we're going to have a relationship with god how can we really have a relationship with him if we fear him and so i would tell you that from my you know from our position the way we interpret scripture that's kind of the extreme on the other side you know and quite frankly, that God has made a provision and made a way for supernaturally for us to have a fear of him, 
but for that love of him to be in us and residing in us all the time. In fact, I would say that the fear of God is born out of a love and a reverence for our Holy Father. If you look at the, the word fear in the Hebrew, it actually means to have awe or reverence for, including wonder, amazement, mystery, astonishment, gratitude, admiration, get this, even to the point of worship. And that is where that just explodes for me, even to the point of worship. So I would just ask you a question and say, if the fear of God, if, if the argument is made that the fear of God is you know, no longer needed for us today or that we should always be in fear of him and, that, and walk that way, then how... How would this thing be possible, that we love God and we revere him so much and that we fear him that way to the point of worship? So there's this love in us, this understanding for who God is and who he is to us and what his protection and provision and grace and blessing over our life means that ultimately what the fear comes from is there's this fear of ever being outside of the will of God and outside of his blessing and outside of his provision. It's not that we're fearing necessarily a punishment for every, every sin or every mistake we make. It's that we fear the consequences of doing things that take us outside the will of God because being outside of his will and outside of his blessing and covering and grace, there are things that will be invited into our life that we don't want, that go against what God's plan, preordained plan for our lives is. Does that make sense? See, the, the worldly fear that the Bible talks about when it says do not fear, basically do not fear man, do not fear the things that come against you that are of this world, the Bible gives us a good understanding of the difference between that kind of fear and the, and the fear of the Lord. If you go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it talks about how perfect love casts out fear, right? So that that presence of God's Spirit in us, Christ, the Holy Spirit in us, and that love nature in us, as we have that and we walk in that, we can use that in an authoritative sense to cast out any worldly fear that would come against us. But here's the key in this scripture I want to touch on, is that that fear of the world, how we can distinguish the differences, that involves torment. It says right there in verse 18, because fear involves torment. So there is this sense of tormenting, of self-condemnation, of all these things that can come in us and, and come against us as a result of having worldly fear that are not a part of what it means to have godly fear. Godly fear is to have that sense of reverence and awe of God and to never want to be outside of his will because of the consequences of what that will bring. And also, you know, the Bible does talk about in Hebrews chapter 12 how God chastises those that he loves. He will allow things to happen at times that will bring us back into his will if we take steps outside of it. Perfect case in point is the nation Israel. Every time they began to go against God and not honor him and not worship him and do things outside of his commands, he began to just sort of withdraw or step back or lift that blessing and covering off of them and allow things like other nations 
nations to come in and other enemies to come in and begin to attack or persecute them. And ultimately, what did that do every time? This is the important part. It wasn't a punishment that God rendered in order to just like set things in balance so that there was always a, something that happened to make their sin justify or to kind of even it out. That was, not the, that was not the point. The point was that those things happen to cause the nation to move back to God, to begin to turn away from the direction they were aimed in, away from him, and turn back to him and run to his arms where that blessing and that covering existed. So we understand that the fear of the Lord is a healthy sense is to be a, have a reverence and an awe of him, a respect for him, that always causes us to want to stay connected and in alignment with him and in his will. And so that blessing and that covering and that provision is always over our lives. And yes, we fear what will happen as a result of if we step outside of the will of God, if we disobey him, because sin ultimately leads us away from God. It creates a separation between us and our Father. So the fear of the Lord motivates us in a positive way to want to stay connected and to not get outside of his will or to sin against him because it's, it's like it's a disappointment to God. We respect him and we love him so much for who he is and for what he's done for us that we can't bear the thought of disappointing him of of doing something against what he's commanded us to do that are basically the instruction of walking in alignment with his will for us. So I wanted to just kind of lay that out as a foundation. And I want to do an illustration. Actually, I asked Miles to give me a hand here today. Miles, can you come up here for just a second? Just stand right here next to me for a minute. Okay. I want you to point in the direction of due west for all of us. Can you do that? You don't know which way due west is. Oh, wait a minute. I actually have a compass here. I've got a compass here. If I give you this, do you think you could show us which way due west is? That way. That's right. How did you figure that out? Because north is that way and west is that way. That's interesting. So the compass always finds its way to due north. Once we understand where due north is, then we can always figure out where due west, due south, due east, or anything else for that matter is in the direction that we need to go. Now, do, do something else for Miles. Walk to the, over there by that door on the side of the room, and then I want you to point to where due west is again for me. Okay, that's good, right there. Now that you're in a different spot, where is due west? That compass is old. It's a little teetery, so it keeps spinning. Huh? Okay. But it's, just, it's in the same, man, that really, sorry about that. So due west is in the same direction. So my point is, is that that compass, thank you very much. Give Miles a hand for us there. He didn't fail orientation. That was the failure of my gadget gizmo here. But where, wherever, wherever that compass is, it always finds its way to due north. It always points in that direction. And I would say that the fear of the Lord is just like this picture. 
It's this internal compass. It's this, it's this bearing setter for us in our heart and in our life that always sets the rudder, always sets the pace, the direction for where God's will for our life is and the things that he has planned for us and where that blessing and that covering that we are to walk in with him is. Just like that compass can go through uh, you know, a hillside or a valley, we can be in different places in our life, facing obstacles, we can go through transitions, different careers, children, all the different things in our life. But the Bible compels us that the fear of the Lord is something that we are to walk in. And so if it's always there, it's always this understanding that being away from God or apart from his will is something that we're so terrified we don't want to be because of what that brings and it always sets us in a direction where we continue to find our way back to or stay in alignment with the things and the plans that he has for us see in proverbs chapter 20 verse 24 the bible says the lord orders the man's steps so how can a man understand his own way so clearly we can't navigate our way through our life on our own we can't figure out how to follow the things that are the right things for our life on our, on our own independently from God because God's the one who ordered our steps. So we have to have an understanding from our Father, the one who laid our steps out before us, on which direction and how we should go in order to navigate. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it talks about how fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. So in order to understand our direction in life and the plans God has for us, we have to receive wisdom from, from our Father, from heaven, in order to know what steps to take and how to follow and how to stay close with him as we go through this journey in life that he's prepared for us. So fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom. In fact, that's where it starts. So until we have this healthy understanding and revelation of what it means to fear God, to be away from his will and the consequences that brings, then we can't be in a place to be where it all starts to receive the wisdom, to chart our course, and to navigate our direction through life. If the fear of the Lord resides in us always, it will continue to keep us running for him in his arms, his arms, loving arms wrapped around us and embracing us and leading us through life as the forerunner in the direction that he has already prepared for us. And I don't know about you, but that's the way I always want to go. I always want to be taking every step that I make in the steps that the Lord has laid before me. I don't want to be going to the left. I don't want to be going to the right. And if I have this internal compass and mechanism, that's that healthy fear of the Lord that says, God, I love you, I revere you, I respect you, I'm in awe of you, and the plans you have for me are beyond my comprehension, and I am terrified of what it means to be away from you or outside of your will or apart from your blessing and your covering over my life. No matter what I'm going through in my life, obstacle or, or valleys or mountains, whatever they may be, I will always continue to find my way and my direction through the things and the plans that God has for me because there's that internal compass, that fear of the Lord that's leading me and guiding me and keeping me right on track with him every step of the way. First Peter chapter 1 verse 17, it says, if you call on the Father, any of us that call on the Father, he who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, it, it compels us here to pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. 
as a sojourner. That means to be like a, a, a resident alien. It's like you're living in the land, but you're not from the land. And the Bible is basically saying that's how we're to view our walk in life here on this earth. We're sojourners. We're here. We're living here. But this isn't where we're from. This isn't our permanent home. And so he says to live out this life as sojourners, it's basically like our stay while we're here, we're to live it out in fear of the Lord. So this isn't something that just comes upon us in moments of time where it's like we have to have it or we get to a certain point where, uh-oh, we better think about fearing the Lord. No, it's, it's basically saying that this is something that needs to lead us and guide us and be in us. Ever, we need to be ever aware of that as, as we move forward in life each and every day and through the decisions we make. It's like a beacon that our hearts get fixed on. It's like that internal GPS that's constantly got us set and aimed in the direction of his will because that fear of the Lord and being apart from him and what that means for us is always driving us and pushing us back on course to staying in the direction that God would lead us because we in our human nature are incapable of taking each and every step exactly identical and in pace with what God has laid before us. We're human. We're, we're corruptible. We can't do that. But if we have the fear of the Lord in us, driving us and, and uh, guiding us at all times, we can understand that we'll never get so far off track or too far to the left or too far to the right where we'll move out from under that covering and that blessing and that grace and provision that God is providing as we stay in alignment with his will. Does that make sense? In Philippians chapter 2, uh, Apostle Paul talks about how we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Working out our salvation. What's he saying? He's just saying you've been saved by grace. You've got this life to live on earth. Now walk it out. Work out your salvation. Continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Grow spiritually. Grow in your strength. Grow in your faith. Walk it out. Work it out. But in fear. Here again, there's that guider, that director that's supposed to be ever present within us, leading us as we move forward so that we can stay on course with the plans that God has prepared for us. It's, I love the way the Amplified Version puts this. Remembering back to the definition of fear in the Hebrew. Whenever uh, that Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, when he talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, the Amplified uh, Bible says, with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So walking out our lives, working out our salvation in fear and in trembling, in a sense, is just saying, understanding how serious and how terrible it is to be outside the will and the grace and the blessing of your Father God. And as you walk in a constant understanding and awareness of that, that it will always lead you and guide you and direct you in line with the direction that God has prepared for you in this life. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27, it says that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. So I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like something I don't want. 
right? That sounds like something that I want to cling to. That sounds like something that I want to make a, a revelation, a truth that, that rests in my soul as I move forward in this life. To turn me away from the snares of death, absolutely I want that. To be a fountain of life, yes. So to just really break through any preconceived misunderstandings that might be there for anybody that to fear the Lord is something that uh, is unhealthy or that would be you know, cause us to live in a state we don't enjoy it or don't like it. No, it's saying that it's constantly a fountain of life to us and it's turning us away from any of the things that the, the enemy would have to destroy us or have set out against us as we go forward. Proverbs 15, it says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. So Again, this idea that it's this continuous walk, it's this ever-present awareness that we move through life with. It's fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, but it's also the instruction of wisdom. It's the director, it's the guider, it's the leader along the way. It's where it starts, but it's also ever-present the whole time as we continue to move forward and never leaves. I love the way that... Uh, read this commentary to you from uh, Matthew Henry. He says, The fear of the Lord, as it is the beginning of wisdom, so it is the instruction and correction of wisdom. It will improve our knowledge, rectify our mistakes, be the best and surest guide of our way. And awe of God upon our spirits will put us upon the wisest counsels and chastise us when we say or do unwisely. So again, just a constant uh, internal mechanism to lead us and guide us, if a mechanism is even the right word, but it's this understanding and this revelation that's in our heart and our soul as we move forward that we constantly allow to keep us on pace and on track with the plans and the things that God has for us. And look, that's really, I guess, where the, my passion comes in for this message is to just say, I, I, I'm terrified to be outside of the will of God. I am. I do not want in my life to ever be in a place where I am away from that covering and that blessing and that grace that resides over me and over my family as I walk in alignment with the plans God has for me. And I can, it's real easy for me to see this every day because, you know, I get up and I, I think about all the things that God has called me to do. I see these five amazing little girls. I see this beautiful wife that's counting on me. I see a, a church that needs to be built. I, so, I see people that need to be reached. And I think, oh my gosh, God, I am terrified to try to do this on my own. I am so very aware of my inability, if I'm walking my own course, to be able to even come close to achieving or fulfilling the things that God has put before me, that it drives me to his feet, to his arms, every single moment of every single day that I think about this and, and just keeps me clinging to him. And as my loving father who is embracing me and sustaining me and giving me all that I need, not this disciplinarian or this punisher that's just waiting to bring down chastisement on me as I move outside of his will. I have this picture of God that if I step outside of his will, that he is hurt, he is disappointed, he's you know, it brings sorrow to his heart to see one of his children outside of the plans that God and himself preordained from them. 
for them. So I, I have that in me and it drives me and it keeps me on course. And it's, it's basically his grace continuing to be over me in my life and, and what I need, the provision, the strength and everything necessary to accomplish his will in this earth. And I have all the faith in the world in him and his abilities that he can provide for me, but none in myself. And so that fear and that understanding of being away from God outside of his will, outside of his covenant, it constantly drives me and, and causes me to always find my way back to him or with him wherever I go. It forces me to fall to my knees in prayer when I don't have the answer for something and I need an answer and I don't want the wrong answer in myself. It causes me to worship him for how great he is and how much he continues to show up and provide the things supernaturally that are needed for me in my life that I can't possibly begin to find on my own. It, the, that fear of being away from him is driving me back to him in so many different ways, worship and prayer and seeking him to understand more of his wisdom and his truth all the time. And I would just kind of like to sort of wrap this up by giving you something here that I think really just solidifies this. And that is that, that Jesus Christ himself, while he was walking this earth in human form, was also led by the fear of the Lord. It's so powerful. In fact, if you go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 2, Isaiah's prophesying about the coming Messiah, and he's giving us an indication of how we can recognize him and the things that God is going to bring upon him. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are things that will rest upon the coming Messiah in his days on this earth that we will see. So we understand that this, the fear of the Lord was present with Christ. If you go to the book of Hebrews, in chapter 5, verse 7, it, it's talking about, he's talking about the Messiah, the author of Hebrews here. He's talking about Jesus when he was on this earth. He's already gone on to be with the Father in heaven at this point, but he says that Christ, whenever he was in his flesh, he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Because of his godly fear. In fact, in the Amplified Bible, it, it phrases it like this. He was heard because of his reverence towards God, his godly fear, his piety, and that he shrank from the horrors of separation from the bright presence of the Father. He had an acute understanding, an awareness of what it meant to be outside the will of God, to be separated from the presence of the Father. And he was terrified by that. It led him in every step that he took. Now, Christ, as God in human form, walked that path perfectly to the T every minute of every day that he was here and gives us something to aspire to that we would challenge ourselves to continue to walk like he did in, in alignment with God's plan for us so that God's purposes can be fulfilled through us on this earth. But the point of this is that Christ himself, our perfect example in every way of everything that we are called to be and do, 
He himself was led and guided by this internal awareness and understanding all the time of what it meant to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord was upon him each and every minute of every day. And that just absolutely motive, I mean, it just blows that truth up for me and allows it to really sink home and, and rest in my heart, you know, that if Christ walked this way, how much more so should I aspire and be compelled to live my life in a way that mirrors that? You know, I'm not going to go into so many of these other promises that the Bible gives us for those that walk in according to, to the fear of the Lord, but I just touch on them so you can write them down. The Bible actually promises us longer days, longer life if we fear the Lord. Proverbs 10, 27 talks about that. It promises us strength. Proverbs 14, 26. Proverbs, or Psalms 128 just talks about all the blessings and, and fruitfulness that comes from the hands of those that fear the Lord. And it also promises us deliverance from our enemies. God is so clear about this that we are to fear him, but not to fear our enemies. Psalm 34, 7. I, I am going to read this one because I love it. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Those that fear the Lord should never fear their enemies because he who they fear will deliver them always from those that oppose them. You know, guys, look, we need this in our life. We have to be driven and directed by this. The fear of the Lord is not some terrible uh, thing that this God, this disciplinarian, this punisher is rendering on us. It's so far from the case. The fear of the Lord is a healthy response to a true understanding of who God is, what he is to us, and what he has done for us, and what it means to be outside of that and to disappoint or to be displeasing to him. We have to have this in our lives to stay the course of what God is calling us to do on this earth while we're here. But the church in itself also has to have it. It starts with us. And as we have it, the church has to have that healthy fear of the Lord as they move forward. You know, in Exodus chapter 18, when, when Moses was called to appoint leaders over thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens, it's interesting that one of the things that his father-in-law was telling him and compelling him as far as a kind of a qualifier of who he would appoint as leaders, and let's just say in overall the church, the guiding of God's people, he says, moreover, that you shall select people uh, from, the, from the men such as fear God. And then he goes on to say men of truth, hating covetousness, all those other things. But he's made it very specific in the very beginning that the, the leaders you select to lead my people, and I think this is a truth today for our church, that the leaders in the church as we move forward and we begin to lead a, a nation and a world towards the things of God, that the church has to have, the leaders have to have that fear of God in them, constantly driving them on a course and on a direction of what God's plans are. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, this is right after, you know, this is when the, the church is beginning to explode and spread all throughout the land. It says, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. 
walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Those two things coexisting as we move forward and the church growing and being edified and people being reached and saved and obviously brought into a relationship with Christ to be able to know him and to be able to spend eternity with him. And obviously that is our agenda, to see the world one for Christ and to see his name glorified. Amen? So if the team could quickly just come up here for a minute and I just want to pray today as we wrap things up. And I really, I just want to pray, I, I believe for all of us, just individually, but also corporately, as a, as a body, as a people here, that we have a good, true understanding of this truth in Scripture, of the fear of the Lord, and that God would be able to uh, just lead us and guide us and direct our steps each and every day so that his plans can be accomplished. But that the fear of the Lord, that that understanding would be something that comes alive for us, that we embrace and that we realize is we need and we desire. And it's for the sake of never getting outside of the, of the blessing and the covering that God has over our lives. Amen. So let's just bow our heads together today.